0: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite. Hosted by Superfan and actual know-it-all, Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week we're gonna call a good friend of mine, Trent Ivey, down in Union, South Carolina, and catch up with him a little bit, but. First, I want to talk about a little bit of racing that happened this weekend. We had the Snowball Derby, and yeah, yeah, I know this is a dirt racing podcast, but the snowball is kind of a big deal, and I watched that race yesterday, and I got in the race pool, and I really thought, I really thought, man, I got a good shot to win this thing, because I had, there was nine categories, I had drivers in the field out of eight of nine categories, I was one of four people that that did that, and so I was like, "Man, I'm I'm gonna go into this thing and win the money." And so I had like, well, I don't know who watched it, but I had like Stephen Nassie and he went went in there, and he was like at one point, like lap seven one seventy seven or something. I had one, two, three, four, and then some guys scattered in the top fifteen, and I was like, "Man, I'd, I'd like to see these points right now. I think I'm in the money." And, uh, like Steven Nassie parked on about lap 200 or so. And Casey Roderick crashed. Travis Braden didn't, didn't do that good. Cole Butcher did okay, but not good enough. And Hunter Robbins wrecked. I had him. I had Derek Krause. He did okay. Boris Jurkovic. He was like in the top 10 with about 15 to go. And he crashed. Mason Diaz was like the first crash of the day on lap one. And then I had Mason Keller. He was my ninth pick, and he wasn't even there. So I was, so I just I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that. Man, I really thought I was in the money, but you know, congratulations to Ty Majeski on winning that thing. And that was a lot of fun to be in that race pool. But you know, I know we're not on a I know we're not on an asphalt show, but that that's pretty. I mean, the Snowball Derby is a big part of short track racing, and you know, everybody try wants to try to go down there and win that race. And a lot of dirt late model guys have went down there and ran it over the years so it's it's a big deal uh it probably doesn't get as much recognition in the dirt community as it used to back in those days but still a big deal and I wanted to hit on it right quick there at first but heck of a good race yesterday it was fun to watch uh we had a super late model race this weekend at Volunteer Speedway Bulls Gap Tennessee I know I talked a little bit about it on the show last week I kind of mentioned that I was going to go up there to that race and attend it, and I just, when it came right down to it, I just didn't make it. I, I had a credential and everything. I was all set to go, and and I just, I just, it looked like it was going to be way too cold, and they had like nine or ten divisions, and I said, man, that's going to take all night, so I really just didn't want to, uh, I just didn't make the trip up there. It was just too cold. I really wasn't feeling all that great, and I didn't want to go up there and, and get in the cold, but... Chris Madden won that race up there, and it looked like it was a pretty good race. Scott Blomquist led some of the early laps until about lap ten, he pulled in. Pretty interesting deal here on Scott Blomquist. I kind of, kind of wasn't expecting this, but you know Scott, he's always on the cutting edge of technology, and for them to come out and and do what they did, they actually ran a 427 LS engine built by Baldwin Racing Engines. And that's something that just it's really unheard of in the super late model racing, and the heat went out there and led quite a few laps. So I was uh so I just want to read a little bit of this press release thing they put out a little while ago while we're on here. They said they began the project two years ago, and Cody Summer contacted Jeff Baldwin with the goal of creating a competitive budget-friendly engine package for the sport of dirt late model racing. The super late model racing. The engine built just new would cost a race team just twenty-six thousand dollars, a remarkable difference when compared in the industry. You know, a lot of those new engines cost anywhere from I don't know, I would say forty to sixty thousand dollars for these things. And and this is, you know, if this right here is the new if it if this pans out, I mean this could really change the sport, I think. And Scott said it surprised the hell out of him is how he felt about it. So a lot of positives came from the weekend and they were happy to see the number zero fast and out front to end the year. Bloomquist led the for- first portion of the feature event until a hole in the radiator led to engine temperature rise and Scott pulled it in instead of taking a chance on hurting the motor. So man, if they get that thing dialed in he he was as fast as he was there that day, I I don't know. Look out. I mean, that could, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that could really change things in the sport if that goes like it should. Uh, Kyle Strickler, he had a good, strong effort again, and he's currently leading the points. Pays 15000 to win the points in that Extreme Winter Series, and right now he's on top. So he's got a pretty good shot at winning that thing. Just four more races to go. Next weekend, they'll be racing down at Lavonia. Joining us on the phone right now, Trent Ivey in Union, South Carolina. Red fourth this weekend at Bulls Gap, Tennessee. We just got through talking about that race. What's going on, Trent? How, how was your race this weekend?
1: oh man it was it was a blast compared to what the whole 2020 season's been I'll tell you that
0: I hear you man i mean i I saw those results said you started 13th and finished fourth and that's a pretty big feat uh you know to pass some cars like that on a day race for sure
1: yeah it's been a struggle man we I've never been any good at bulls Gap I've been there twice and uh it's less than par both times but man we we finally hit on something here this weekend and just been testing a little bit lately and finally just turned the corner. I hope even though it's December.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a good time to be turning the corner. I mean, that, uh, extreme series, are you going to run it next week at LaVonia?
1: Yeah, we moved up to fourth in the points and, uh, I guess that top five really helped us out. We, uh, I think we, we logged 11th last week at Gaffney, or whenever it was. I think it's last week. A couple, um, couple weeks ago. I don't even know, but, um, yeah, we, we moved up to fourth in the points, and uh, that that thing pays really good, and it's the majority of the the tricks around home, so we uh, we'll stay on it and try to get a little sharper for the upcoming racing season.
0: Well, cool, man. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you're gonna do that series. I was looking at the points; you're fourth in them right now, and fourth place pays four thousand dollars, and you only really got to run four more races, and they're all stretched out, so like it's almost a no-brainer really for you and your team to go do that right
1: yeah especially for us man we uh when we when we raced crates all i don't know the last 10 years we uh we always had to run in like a little association thing so it was kind of like points wet racing during the week i mean every week and uh we hadn't got to do that in a couple of years so so it's nice to be able to race for points it, it's a little pressure but you know i mean anything that's worth winning is going to be hard so we we just want to we just want to have something to shoot for i guess i'm trying to say
0: oh yeah there's no doubt about that it's it's always going to be tough it's never going to be easy i mean you're running these super late models and you're talking about a couple years ago you're in crates i mean you really dominated the crate racing around our area you were the 2015 and 2018 seca champion uh just talk a little bit about some of those days racing the crate late models
1: well, I tell you, like you just said, it it was it was much easier for me. And uh, we we work weekly, like we work Monday through Friday, eight to five, and uh, we get to race on the weekend, so we don't leave a whole lot of time to work on our cars. And uh, these supers, they just they they want a lot more attention. <laughs> and uh, and the crate stuff, we uh, we we could neglect them and still go race and run good. And and uh, I kind of miss that part of it. And uh, and I kind of miss a lot of a lot of winning too, but. The uh, the supers, like you said, is just a whole nother deal and a lot harder. And uh, I'm very I'm very fortunate to be able to run supers and uh, run well when we do. uh, But I do miss that winning, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, you. uh, I saw you win a lot of races back at that time. You even won that big race at Charlotte that time, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I I passed uh, passed Rambo and Ricky Weeks to win the. uh, Oh, and they don't get there better than that. (laughs) That <laughs> was pretty, it was pretty, pretty big for us, especially for dad. He, he was pretty pumped about that racing against his old rivals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of your dad, your dad, uh, Petey Ivy, he, uh, you know, he's a pretty big deal himself. I, we'll have to get him on here one week. Honestly. I mean, he needs to get on here and tell some old stories, but I mean, he, uh, he really is a legend in that, in the South Carolina, North Carolina area racing. I mean, he's won oh, man, a lot of races at Cherokee Speedway before you were even born. <laughs>
1: the stuff that cat told me man y'all y'all wouldn't believe some of the stories he's got it it would be it would be pretty good to have him on here he uh he won a lot of races and he he's been a he'd be a huge aspect in my my winning and uh in our team and he uh I'm pretty sure he loves it a lot more than I do some nights but he um uh, he's still 100% involved and I'm sure if he had opportunity he he might even get back in one
0: yeah i can tell he's really always excited to see you out there running and see you doing good i i know he really does enjoy it i can really i can really see it in him you know when i see him but you know his nickname was the head knocker you became the little head knocker how do you uh, or how like where did that come from
1: man he's he said it a couple times and and uh it it wasn't from fighting or nothing like that (laughs) uh, as you would think but It was something about him being like the head honcho around here or or like Buffalo, Sugar Creek, all that stuff a long time ago. I don't know. Somebody got to call him the head knocker, and it stuck with him. And then next thing you know, people thought he liked to fight. And it just kind of stuck with him for kind of the wrong reason. But uh, it's always a conversation piece, I'll tell you that. Even being, you know, people calling me the little head knocker, I'm like, i have no idea where that comes from but that's what we got
0: yeah well i think you were kind of born with that nickname probably and you, you talk about fighting i mean a lot of those racetracks back in the day in his in his time i mean it was uh it was almost mandatory to get in a fight and it was also mandatory to have a tattoo or they wasn't gonna let you in you know
1: <laughs> or a missing
0: tooth or something yeah <laughs> or something <laughs> But, yeah, man, it was uh, it was a different time back in those days. And I, I wish that uh, I was a little bit older or something where I could have seen some of them races back in the 80s because you always hear everybody talking about it at Cherokee Speedway. I mean, I did grow up. I was fortunate enough to grow up and get to see a lot of races on the big track. And when they shortened it, it really broke my heart. But, uh, you know, they, they still have some good races there, and I go every time I get the chance.
1: Yeah, man, I got a bookshelf full up old uh vcr tapes around uh in mm-hmm. the house it, i don't man i don't even know how old they are but i don't even know if the vcr still works but if you could get them suckers to play it would probably be a gold mine right there
0: oh yeah yeah i mean we need to get somebody to put that stuff on youtube or whatever so we can watch it that's about the only like nobody has a vcr i don't even think many people even has a dvd player anymore just go in there and type it in on youtube and if it ain't there you don't nobody sees it you know
1: I, uh, I never even got to race on a big track. Since you mentioned that, I uh, I started racing in 2007. I think they shortened it in 06. Yep, you're so I exactly never even right. Got to turn a lap in, at the big place.
0: Yeah, that was going to be the next question I was going to ask you, but you answered it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You really did. But you got you kind of got your start in those young gun four cylinders at a young age. And man, you were a scraggly little kid, and there you got your start. I remember seeing you run at Thunder Valley and cherokee and maybe carolina a time or two but you uh you won a few races in those four cylinders didn't you
1: it's funny man people people bring up those days and i only only had to run them for about two years maybe two and a half and um and man i tell you we went to jason owen you know jason Owens. I oh went heck to yeah jason Owen's shop and uh right up here in gaffney and um uh, i was i was little i was like 11 and um uh, we went to go buy that thing me and daddy and he uh he made me get in it jason did he he kind of scared me anyway because he's wide open <laughs> yeah, wide he, is. And, uh, he kind of frightened me a little bit i got up in that car and he said crank it up I said, man come on man. i ain't i ain't never cranked up before in my life and uh he made me crank that thing up it loud inside that old metal build man that was smoking and carrying on and uh it scared me it scared me and i was like man i don't know if i want to do this daddy he made me race it he made me run it and uh i hated that dude about about a year year and a half into it i was like man this is not this ain't what i want to do and um i won a couple more races and i was liking it a little bit we was rolling to the racetrack in a old 1999 gmc suburban and an open trailer and we had the tires in the back of the suburban now and uh and i i just wasn't enjoying it and i thought and i got a i got my first taste of a big race um running the world crown force the gap on my birthday and um i about won that sucker my motor blew up 10 to go and uh, i lent her home still ran second uh scott morgan pushed me to the pits that was that was pretty cool and i and then over that winter daddy said we're gonna get a late mile and i was like okay and uh, that's when i really started enjoying racing if it wasn't for that i i don't know what i'd be i'd probably be playing golf or something but <laughs> <laughs> that uh the the that transition from a, a four cylinder to the late models, what what kept me going, and uh, I, I'll tell that story till I die. That's what kept me digging.
0: Yeah, man, that's good stuff. And yeah, then you're like, all right, here we go. But whenever you're talking about Jason Owens, there, talking about firing it up and it smoking up the shop and all that. I, I, if anybody listening to this knows Jason Owens, and I, and Jason may listen to this too. I can just, I can, I can see him in my, I can picture him in my mind just grinning and laughing about that and i know he
1: was
0: (laughs) yeah yeah then then you got that late model i mean it was uh you found success pretty quick in that thing didn't you
1: yeah i did um i was i was able to win four races my first year and um i beat another another time i beat rambo to win my first uh my first crate race and uh he came down there to Victor Lane and typical Rambo. He said a seatbelt come loose. Damn the carburetor <laughs> fell off of it and he was missing three spark plug wires.
0: We could write a and, book on Rambo excuses, couldn't we? But,
1: <laughs> but we got her done and uh and uh from then on, man, I I've been hooked. Like I mean I just I eat, sleep, breathe it, and I can't go without it. And that's what's so cool about the sport, man. It's it's like a damn Marlboro cigarettes, son. It's addictive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. It is. I mean, I I don't. I've never really got the opportunity to you know drive race cars, but man, I love going to watch them. I'm glad you guys go out there and put on a show for us to watch. Uh, man, I mean, I'm
1: a I'm a fan just like everybody else too. When I ain't racing, I'm there. You know, I, I don't I don't know how you can get away from it. I ain't figured it out yet. No, I think I... you haven't.
0: No, I definitely have. I don't know if I ever will. You talk about being a fan. I know you were a big fan growing up watching your dad race, but what are some other drivers you really remember growing up and watching and, you know, modeling your driving styles after?
1: You know, I don't, I don't know right offhand here. I could probably think about it and look some, look at some of my little model cars that I had when I was a kid. I remember a Burke car and, um, oh, yeah. I remember that 15 B I, I had that car. And, um, I remember him, I don't know what it was about 15, but I had him and I had, uh, Steve Francis and I, and I, I still, I still love Steve Francis to death. He's, uh, he's one of the, the Lucas soil tech officials now. And, uh, we talk from time to time when they come rolling through town and he always encourages me to come racing with him. And, um, he's been a good friend of mine since then. I guess that's probably my, my role model, him and, uh, him and Wendell Wallace, uh, when Wallace was number eighty-eight back then. He had eighty-eight car. already had a couple different numbers, but sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember all of these big guys.
0: Yeah, I'd like you. You mentioned those three guys. You just mentioned really. I want to have on a show here coming up next year. So if I can get a hold of them, man, I I think we could really carry on a conversation with some of them guys. Get some stories oh, told.
1: There's no telling what you could dig up with those cats.
0: Yeah. Well, I will tell you, a big name role model right there in Union, South Carolina. He was probably done racing before you really started. And you already know who I'm going to say, Billy Scott. What do you think oh. about Billy Scott? I mean, he's legendary down there, isn't he?
1: Man, there's stuff. There's stuff still in Union here that's about Billy. Like go to Bantam Chef. You know his cars in there, his little model car, and he's uh, he's all over the place. He's at the Napa, <laughs> like, and you see him from time to time. Him and his uh, and his boy. But yeah, Billy Scott. He's man. That's what everybody they that and Daddy and uh, some somebody else from around here. I can't can't think of right off my head. But there's there's a couple couple good guys that come from around here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh I think when I think of Union, South Carolina, I think of Billy Scott and I think of Ivy. Every time I go down through there, I really do. Yeah, for sure. And and the sponsors that Billy Scott had. I mean, my goodness, you just mentioned one of them, Bantam Chef, and he and they and Billy Scott hasn't raced and. 25 years or something since he retired and every time i think of bantam chef i think of billy scott so i think they really got their money's worth on their advertising huh yeah
1: i believe so that's that place is good to eat too I swear that's the best cheeseburger i ever had in my life
0: yeah i bet you get a chance to eat there quite a bit don't you
1: all the time every chance i get i roll through there yeah
0: yeah i mean that's that's one of the premier places to eat down there in union for sure
1: sure is bantam chef
0: bantam chef well, you got to you got to experience a pretty good uh, a pretty good win this year, but it wasn't on the real the real world. But you won that World of Outlaw race on TV uh, and paid a thousand to win. You got a big check, and they and after you won, they put Jeff Gordon on there to interview you. Man, I thought that was, that was you were on top of the world that night. It seemed like.
1: Man, I tell you what, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, hell, I almost forgot about it. That um that was huge, like. I bet I had 150 text messages after that race. I was shook up, man. Mom and daddy was hollering in the house. Uh, they sent me a big old check, big old uh, trophy, and all kinds of stuff. And um, yeah, Jeff Gordon got to speak with him. That was that was cool. I remember, uh I think we was at the uh, Prelude, and I seen Jeff Gordon for the first time. Um, that that I racing it it sparked up a bunch of stuff, man. I got I got to talk to Bubba Wallace and Cruz Petrigan and Austin Dillon. Uh, I got to drive Clint Boyer's little scheme for the Lucas stuff. Um, it was cool, man. I mean, I I just play that game just because I can't get away from racing. You know, I just I come home from working on the, the race car and go to racing another race car on there. So I just just happen to be pretty decent at it when all this stuff come along and and it worked out for me. We got to win two of them actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that second one, but yeah, man, that was a heck of a big deal, like you said. I, your phone was blowing up. I think that might have been even bigger than some of the races you've won in in your real car. Oh, it was, it was
1: the biggest. Yeah, ain't no doubt about.
0: It. Yeah, that was pretty. That was a pretty big deal for sure. And that was at a time, you know, back during COVID when everything was shut down. It seems like it was a long time ago now. There's been so much since, but it was at a time where. Really wasn't nothing else going on. That was that was the show that night. That was the only live sporting event. Period that night, and and you won it. And I mean that was, uh, yeah. Like I say, man, I don't hell. I'd have been proud if I won it too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. It was uh, it was cool because because like like you said, that COVID was going on. There was so much uncertainty going around when we'd be racing again. And man, the first the first show. They had a little warm up race that the night before, then, and uh, I had a computer that I've just been playing on, and that sucker blowed up. I was starting on the pole of uh, the little warm up race on Dirt Vision, and uh, my computer blowed up, started smoking and stuff. So I had to go to Best Buy and get another one just to run that next night. Damn if I didn't win!
0: <laughs>
1: I swear that's the true story. That really happened.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about iRacing there before the break, Trent, and it's pretty neat that I can get right on there and log in, and I get a chance to race with a bunch of you guys every night, and we get in there and talk and cut up, and man, we have a lot of fun, don't we?
1: Man, it, it, it can sure pass the time, you know, just like it did with that COVID stuff. We, Me, you, and Ferguson, and whoever else can get on there and bang doors just as, I mean, it's just as close as real life you're going to get to
0: yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I do get a sense of immersion or something whenever I'm driving those cars on there. If, I, if I'm sitting in my seat and got the steering wheel, I really, I feel like we're doing it. And it's, it's, I think it's pretty damn neat, really.
1: It is, man. I, I don't know if you ever got a chance to do one of those VR things, but I, um, I got my hands on one a couple months ago. And it, it honestly made it too realistic for me. I started getting a little spun out there i had to
0: backtrack to the monitor <laughs> yeah i hear you yeah i got i just use a monitor i got like a 32 inch monitor i, I feel like that vr thing would give me a headache because i have to wear glasses anyway so it's i don't know if that's really what i want to do having that thing on your head because like, we'll sit there for hours so i don't want that thing
1: yeah a long so. time
0: yeah we'll have a lot of fun like and then like you said it passes the time i mean i'll be on there some nights uh especially if i don't have to work or something the next day and it can easily be two in the morning we're still on there cutting laps
1: yeah keeping everybody awake in the house
0: too yeah that that ain't that usually that usually ain't no good but that happens but (laughs) well let's see here so you you know you talked about winning those i-racing races but you know i I do have to mention that back in february at scraven you won you swept the weekend in the 604 crate lake model that weekend
1: yeah unfortunately man that's that's the only two races i won all year uh first time ever i've never had a uh that's the first time i've ever the lowest amount of races i've ever won in one year um i i turned my supercar over that night and qualifying, trying to get it get all give it all she had and uh had to settle for a two crate races that weekend but um yeah it, it seems like a long time since january since i've you know got a hold of checkered flag
0: yeah yeah, and I mean, you know, last week with Brandon Overton, we could have talked for two hours about all the races he's won this year, and that there's two wins right there—that <laughs> was the only ones I could dig up on you this year. But you have one of your fair share of races. It said on your website it said you'd won 116 races in your career, and I believe that. I mean, I've seen you win a lot of them.
1: Yeah, it, they uh they come and go, you know, but I just never thought they'd be gone <laughs> like yeah. they did this year. But uh, like you said, man, we we've been real fortunate and and uh this year was just we've had our struggles man like i've been in three different cars and uh i just got this one from uh my buddy mike marler he he took care of me and uh took me in on his wing honestly and you know helped me with set up stuff and get me back on the right track and uh, i think i think lord he did that because uh man I, we needed this weekend more than ever we just been it's been real, real tough. And I don't know if anybody's been, I'm sure people's been through droughts like this. Definitely. It, it'll really, it'll really, it'll really work on you. If you know what I mean?
0: Definitely. Well, I feel like your fourth place finished this weekend. I really do feel like you're about to turn the corner and I think you'll go down to Livonia, Georgia this weekend and possibly I have another top five, possibly better, possibly victory lane. I mean, I would, I wouldn't uh, bet against you.
1: Yeah, we, we ran second to Zach, uh, last year it's the same event and man i drew that six i i man that's the worst thing i'm the worst drawer there is if there's a pill draw i'm drawing in the back and i i passed Madden when he is he was in that bloomquist stuff and passed little logan robertson and strickler and man i I passed a bunch of cars last year and made it a second behind zach you know he's he's a little too stout for us but I got some good notes and I hope the rain holds off and we can, we can go back down there. And that's, that's probably the best track we got around here for being honest.
0: Yeah. I, Livonia you, used to really not produce that good a race and just not even all that long ago, it was usually good in there and whoever come off a of turn two in the lead was going to win the thing. But mm-hmm. I went, I got to go down there earlier this year, back in, uh, I believe it was August and for that world of outlaw racing in it. And it was a heck of a race. It was really, One of the best races I've seen all year, especially for just a regular, you know, regular series late model race. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't like it was a big crown jewel or anything, but like it was a really, really good race. A lot of lead changes, a lot of passing. I don't remember if you were there that night or not, but man, that was a heck of a race. So hopefully this weekend will be good too. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, he did win that one. That was a good race, but. So I was gonna ask you, uh I was gonna ask you too, you uh you guys got the chance to go up to Port Royal this year and I was gonna ask what you thought about that trip and would you go back?
1: Man, I tell you, I advise anybody who's a race fan or a racer that hadn't already been, you gotta go up there, man. That that place not only is the racetrack I mean the racetrack's it's beautiful. Like it gets slick and it's wide open at first and it, it's real, real real, real uh what do they call it man what that Davenport uses it all the time technical it's really, technical, really a technical yeah. race. and um long straightaways yeah oh yeah it's fast too and they uh man they got like fair food behind the stands i mean they got a tunnel that goes under the track uh, all the sit all the seating you could ever want it uh they really got a place i don't know who owns that joint but they got it figured out
0: yeah, everything I've seen from it really, really makes me want to try to make a trip up there next year for that race. And they say it's going to be bigger than it was. Kyle Larson came in there and won that race that night after sitting in a super late model only about three or four times. And I remember seeing you tweet, make a tweet or something. And you said, Larson's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And yeah, I mean, you were in the field that night. You got lapped. And what'd you think whenever he went around you that night?
1: Man, I couldn't believe it like i I mean I knew I know Kyle's good and I've talked to Kyle a couple of times we we did that iRacing racing thing together and I talked to him that weekend actually and um I think he's the only guy there that was shorter than me in the pits yeah. but anyway um he uh yeah he was he was really good I, I started behind him in a heat race one night and he uh he left out there he he straight away down port and port straight away to me we ran third and made the race we made we made both shows that that weekend.
0: Yeah, you did really yeah. good.
1: Yeah, we 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 made him, and that was that was huge for us. And uh, but he he really is something else, boy. I tell you what, he is a, he's a race car wheeling son of a gun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think you got to witness it firsthand that night for sure, just sitting in the seat. Oh, and, yeah. But but yeah, that was a good trip for you guys, man. I mean, you got to get out there and go to a different track that you'd never seen before, and. You know, I want to ask you what some of your 2021 plans are. And, uh, but before that, since we're talking about tracks, what's a track, you know, I probably already know the answer to this, but what's a track that you would say that would be the most, you know, on your radar that you really want to go to next year?
1: I think everybody's that have been is probably Fairbury. And that's why yeah, I knew you was going to I, say that. I just, man, that place, that place is unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, as far as racing, as far as, like, people, I mean, people just love it up there. And, I, I mean, hell, I, I love it too, you know. I mean, that is that seems like a place I need to be. But uh, it's small, man, and I and I, I kind of cater to the small tracks. I think we'd be good up there. But I hope I hope all the stars align we get to go this year. And, and they actually have. You know, I think COVID got them this past year.
0: Yeah, it did. And, but I got a feeling they'll get it in next year, hopefully.
1: Oh, yeah, I hope so. But I think. I think that's a racetrack everybody needs to go visit, and we uh, we're gonna try our best to get there. You know, we we went to Eldora my first time, uh, my first year in super racing last year, and made a show. And we did it basically just for a little vacation, you know, get away and go racing, and to one of the biggest tracks in the in the country here. And I think probably Fairbury is next on the list.
0: Yeah, I think if you go, I might have to see if I can sneak in your uh, uh, storage in the trailer or something there and ride, hitch a ride up there with you. Yeah, it's a,
1: it's a, it's a stroke up there. I think it's 14 <laughs> hours last time
0: I looked. Yeah, that's the reason I probably had never went yet, but yeah, I'd like to get the chance yeah. to go up there, and there's a lot of good racetracks in Illinois. I know I talked to Nick Hoffman a few weeks ago on the podcast about it, and I named off about thirteen or fourteen racetracks that he's won races at this year that I've never been to and I've been to a lot of racetracks and yeah. a lot of those are in Illinois and I really uh I really need to get up there and spend a, you know, I'd like to go do that hell tour or something like that.
1: Oh God, that'd be rough.
0: Well, be yeah, rough. yeah, I don't think I'd want to go do the whole thing, but a week or so <laughs> of it would be fun yeah. to chase around. What about the uh what
1: about the speed week? Is that, is that
0: something that you go and do, Kyle? I ain't never been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need to try to get down there and go to Volusia. I know they got those races real early in January, and, you know, I don't know if I – I don't know. I mean, you can go to Lowe's, but I know you'll be in the middle of that extreme points battle at that time, too. But that uh, – yeah, I, I don't know. I'd say Volusia – I'd say East Bay would probably be a good track for you. East Bay, uh, Brunswick. You've been to Brunswick, haven't you? Golden Isles.
1: Yeah, I ran a crate car there one time. I hadn't got to go in the Super yet
0: though. Yeah, you need to try to do that. I mean, I know you got a I know you guys are busy trying to make a living, got day jobs and working on houses and all that, but uh if you get oh, the yeah. chance, it'd be it'd be absolutely awesome if you guys could take the trip and go down there and run all week at East Bay. Now, you'll have to find you a tire sponsor before you go down there for sure.
1: You yeah, ain't lying. <laughs> <a lot>,
0: right? <laughs> you burn up a lot of tires down there at East Bay, they say. Which That's I think kind of it's a tire guy. Yeah, which I think it's gotten better in the last few years with these new tire rules. They'll only let you run about two or three different compounds. So, but yeah, and then last the last couple of years, I've went to Volusia every year and try to get to go down the Golden Isles. I've been down there the last three or four years, but I just started going to Volusia, and I absolutely love going down there. Just the atmosphere and everything. It's a little bit like a, it's. It, has, it r- reminds you a lot of going to a race at the dirt track at Charlotte in a way just because the crowd's so big and there's a lot of NASCAR-style people that are that usually come to that race because like, it's the Daytona 500 week, you know, so they come over. But I've took my camper down there the last two years and camped at that event and had a heck of a good time, so I would definitely recommend it.
1: I think it'd be worth just getting out of this cold weather we're about to have for the next couple of months.
0: Well, that's exactly the reason you go down there to start with a lot of those guys come down from Canada and Wisconsin and Minnesota and a lot of those areas up there where it freezes over and they come down and stay for the whole month of January and February. And they go to all those races down there. That's their vacation. So you've always got a big crowd to race in front of each night. That's a guarantee. And it's fun oh. down there. So you were talking about, so you're let's see, where are we at here? I got, Oh, I I brought up your uh your day job, man. What what do you guys do on a day to day basis? Keeps the bills paid. Uh,
1: well, we uh, my dad, my dad's got a um, he owns a construction company, and of course I work for him. But uh, we build houses, we remodel houses, additions. We uh we do all that stuff, just uh residential stuff. And uh, man, we. We just work. We work like crazy during the week to be able to go race on the weekends, you know, like a lot of people do. And,
0: uh,
1: we haven't gotten, we haven't quite got to the, the part of racing for a living yet. I don't know if we'll make it, but, uh, until then we're, we're content with what we're doing.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You got, you gotta, uh, you gotta make a living, man. Yes. That comes first for sure. You guys, uh, I, I know I saw you up at Smoky Mountain Speedway and with Raceway back in the summer you you ran a few of those uh southern nationals races on the ray cook tour what'd you think about going to seeing some different tracks on that
1: yeah uh i think that's a cool little little deal they got going on there what is it like it's like 11 races in 14 10 or 11 races yeah 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 it it was cool to to break away and go to uh smoky mountain and go to wit i think we logged in a tent at Wit. uh we didn't run too hot smoky mountain but um yeah i wish i wish work allowed us to go and at least do that little small run or races there but uh, you never know man you gotta keep digging and maybe something come up where you'll be able to drive somebody's stuff or or something i just uh i'd really like to do a little more racing than i do now
0: yeah i think that would really be the perfect tour for you guys to run next year brandon overton last week said it's the perfect tour for him but you know which he always goes in there and banks the big checks don't he
1: yeah, he he definitely knows the right races to go to on the right weekends. But uh, yeah. we um, I we uh we've been bouncing around. Maybe run the ultimate next year. You know, to to have something else to shoot for after this winter series is over. Uh, just depending on how it goes, I think I think Zach's wanted to pass three years or something like that. So somebody's gonna have to get in there and get him. I think.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have to go in there and give him a little bit of competition. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That that's cool, man. That's good to hear. I think that'd be a really good series for you to run, for sure.
1: Yeah, Kelly, uh, Kelly Carlton. He's a, he's a good friend of ours, and he uh, he always gives me down the road about maybe wanting to get on there. So uh, maybe we'd we'll be able to make his wishes come true. this coming here.
0: Yeah, I hadn't seen the schedule for that yet, but I'm sure it's all. It usually is always really a pretty good schedule.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty local, and, uh, and all their races pay you know four and five thousand to win. And, uh, I think they got a, they got a big points fund. So, uh, maybe it's something we can, we can get to doing as long as we're running good. I think it wouldn't be a problem.
0: Well, that's cool, man. Well, Trent, I think we've just about covered it and we're almost out of time. You got any sponsors or people you want to thank?
1: Yeah. I just want to thank my mom and dad for sure. They, um, they stuck it out with me, man. I knocked, I knocked three radiators out three times, I mean, three races when I first started this deal. So we've come a long way. So uh, I'd like to thank them and, uh, all of our sponsors are like just um uh, just like local friends of my dad's and mine like ski Nichols and chad barfield they were with my dad back when he raced and uh they carried on into my career too so i definitely want to thank them i wouldn't be there without them so uh and a uh, couple new guys that come on like reed thomas and uh rick allman um eddie hours man we just we just got a bunch of friends you know that that's that's the most important part of our racing is just a a good time and a bunch of family friends and um, a couple product people. You know, Ronnie, Ronnie Crooks, Box Shocks. They uh, they really stepped up and helped me this year. And um, you know, Longhorn, Matt Logan, ML Performance. Uh, just uh, just a bunch of people to make our uh, our story go round. So uh, couldn't couldn't do it without thinking them.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Hopefully we can do this again. We'll get you back on here in the future and talk about some bigger wins next year.
1: Yeah, I hope so. And I'm, I'm happy to be here too, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't think I'd be doing a little uh well little podcast after a fourth at bull's gap but it was a pretty big deal to us so i appreciate you getting
0: me on here no i've been wanting to get you on here for a couple of weeks and i it was the perfect it seemed like the perfect opportunity to reach out to you and i, I appreciate you coming on especially last minute like that too so all right trent well man i appreciate you coming on and uh that's another edition of the forward bike podcast on the speed sport podcast network i'm your host kyle armstrong we'll talk to you next week